0: Hey, everybody, it's Kat, and welcome back to the podcast. I haven't made a podcast in about two weeks now or so, Um, but you know, in the last podcast, I did mention that I wanted to do uh, this next episode on emotional suppression, and I've had my notes written out for weeks now, and I keep trying to like put it inside the drawer of my desk and almost daily this thing finds a way out. Whether it's me going into the desk to grab like a hair tie or a pen or a marker or a stapler, this thing always ends up like flying out. Almost as if to say like now's the time, get on it. You're like, you're you're slacking. Let's not slack. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and do that. Um, so the, the reason for this podcast specifically is because um, in the past few years, actually, let's not say few, let's say the past five or six years for me, ever since I got out of my first relationship, I feel like um, I've created for myself an emotional uh, barrier. Um, And for a long time, I didn't realize that it was me that was the unemotional one in these relationships. But um, after years and years of soul searching, and finally getting to my breaking point in my last relationship, where I realized that I wasn't living my authentic, to my authentic self, uh, or my authentic truth. I was kind of living the life that I felt, um, kept me the most protected and kept me the safest. And to be honest, that might be the easy route sometimes, but when you're as I'm going to say awakened or as aware as I am in my life at this point, Uh, it's very, very difficult to live that way, especially when you know that's not your truth. Um, My goal in life is to be very, very happy and as authentic as possible and as unapologetically me as I possibly can, despite what other people are going to think or despite what other people are going to say, because... Let me just break it to you if you don't already know. No matter how you choose to live your life, you can't please everybody, and somebody's always going to have something to say. So, I think a lot of us stay in that mindset of, like, well, I don't want to disappoint anybody, or I don't want to hurt anybody, or I don't want to upset anybody. But chances are, no matter what you choose, no matter what you do, somebody's always going to be bothered. Somebody's always going to have something to say, someone's always going to be upset. So just let it be. It's not our job as human beings to, I hate to say it this way, but to protect everybody around us or to appease everybody around us. Uh, But a lot of times in doing that, we end up creating these, um, I don't know, these ways to like suppress our emotions. I think I mentioned in my last podcast about how a lot of people in this day and age, and probably back in the day, but I wasn't alive to speak to it, um... We are taught at a very young age that crying is a sign of weakness. Emotions are a sign of weakness. I remember years ago about, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago when I was still working at Canadian Tire, I was having a conversation with somebody about power. And um, this was in regards to like anger, the emotion of anger, okay? And it's that, The conversation, I don't remember what solicited this conversation, but we ended up talking about how um, getting angry at somebody or allowing somebody to upset you or anger you um, and getting angry and showing your anger is a way of handing them your power uh, or your control. So for example, if you're having just a normal discussion and somebody says something that triggers you or upsets you and you snap on them and go off, Imagine yourself having a book, okay? This book is your control and your power. When somebody angers you or upsets you in a negative way or like gets, gives you a negative emotion, the second that you respond without thinking and without taking that time to kind of collect your thoughts, collect your emotions, and instead you just yell or freak out or like charge at them, you, you're pretty much handing them your book. And in saying that, you're handing them your power. Because there are a lot of people, for example, going back to my uh, relationship with a the narcissist, um, there are a lot of people that want that. They want you to hand over your control. They want you to hand over your power. As long as you're able, they are able to get that reaction from you, you don't have that power within yourself. And I know from experience that in those moments where somebody upsets you over and over and over and over again or says something that you don't agree with or don't like or it offends you in some way, it almost feels as if that reaction, that angry reaction, you yelling, you screaming, whatever the case may be, it almost feels like in that moment, that is how you are gaining control. But that's not the reality of it. The reality of it is that you're handing it right over to them. Because let me just... Use the example of the narcissist again. A narcissist angers you on purpose. They they do things, and I said this that uh, my boyfriend at the time um, would say to me, would admittedly say that he did certain things over and over and over and over again to get a rise out of me, to bother me, to hurt me, to push me over the edge, to show me that I was crazy, and he used to say like, but his excuse was, I do it so that one day you'll learn from your reaction and react differently. And my response eventually was the actual definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, day after day, expecting a different result. Okay. So that used to be like our butting heads at towards the end, um, um, but I learned recently that the only way um, in a situation where it's just nothing that this person or nothing that you say to this person or nothing that you do is going to change the way that they treat you or is going to change the things that they say they know what gets you they know what hurts you and they're just going to keep doing it the only way for it not to bother you. And I've been saying this, and I will keep saying this, is to change your mindset, to change your reaction. Once you know that, hey, either it can go like a few different ways, you know, in the situation with the narcissist, he was doing it on purpose to hurt me. Eventually, I stopped caring. Eventually, I stopped responding in an emotional way. And the reason that I stopped responding in an emotional way was because I realized He's doing it on purpose. He's never going to change. He doesn't care. As long as I'm giving him any sort of reaction, and like negative reaction or strong reaction, he thinks he still has me around his finger. And so I had to take my step back. I had to analyze the situation and remind myself that it's not my job to change this person it's not my job to fix this person my only job at that point in my life and for the rest of my life is to make sure that me number one i'm happy and i'm fulfilled and i'm with a person that doesn't treat me that way that doesn't make me feel that way but it's also very important to not treat others that way and to check yourself when you feel like you are now the reason that i got into that little bit of a tangent is because For so long, and this doesn't even stem from obviously that relationship because there was a reason I was a match to that relationship in the beginning and that had to do with my childhood and the traumas that came with that, but me coming to that conclusion and me going through that for so long because yes, that relationship was only a two and a half year relationship, but my relationship with my family, my father more specifically and my mother has been my entire life, has been 29 years, and I've gone through that for many, many, for most of my life, honestly. I I can't say that I still go to it through my traumas to the extent that I used to because I've done a lot of healing and I've done a lot of inner work, Um, but I still get triggered by certain things, and in saying the emotional suppression thing, the reason that it finally came to me now is because after I was in a relationship uh, with that narcissist the first bad relationship that I've ever been in and probably the last because honestly you learn a lot from relationships and after that I never I can smell a narcissist from a mile away but you have to understand those are not the only toxic people but because of that because of me trying having to end up learning how to protect myself against that kind of stuff I started noticing years later that um a lot more things triggered me and The the fact is that when something triggers you very strongly, it's because it's a part of you that hasn't healed. It's a part of you that you're suppressing. It's a part of you. Like think about a toddler or a child. A child who acts out in specific situations has been conditioned to think that the only way to get their way or the only way to get through to people is to have a tantrum or, or to have a fit. Now, that... That goes into your adult life. If you had a childhood like that where you were never heard, you were never listened to, your opinions never mattered, um, you being hurt was you overreacting, you crying was overreacting, that pushes it down and pushes it down and pushes it down. And guess what? It goes into your adult life because you start to learn, you start to be conditioned to, I can't have my emotions. They don't know how to express themselves, so they express themselves the only way they know how, which is through negative expressions. Not that being angry is a negative expression. It's how you deal with the anger. If you think of a child who's angry and doesn't know how to express himself fully, because he or she has not learned how to express themselves, um, they express themselves the only way they know how, which is anger, pulling a fit, crying, screaming, having like a breakdown in the middle of a store and in, in life if that stuff is not healed that continues on maybe not on the same manifestation like I don't know what I would do if I saw like a 30 year old sitting at a grocery store crying at their mommy because they wanted a lollipop I don't you know that would be weird but we do it in different ways so um I know people in my life and I know that I've been through this too um for not feeling heard I express anger because no matter how much I say it calmly, no matter how much I say it or try to be civil about it, if I'm constantly being not heard and pushed away and told that my opinion doesn't matter, what I think doesn't matter, I don't know anything, your opinion is worthless, you're useless, I don't want to hear you, I don't care what you have to say, when you're constantly being told that stuff, it comes out in anger because that's the, you think, might not be the truth, but you, you get conditioned to think that the only way you're going to be heard is if you're breaking shit is if you're punching holes in the wall, is if you're throwing crap, is if you're screaming at the top of your lungs. I'm going to tell you something. The reason, mind you, obviously the main reason is cuz I wanted to make this um this podcast about emotional suppression. Um but also I've been really doing a lot of inner work recently. And um I don't know if you guys are aware of the different chakras, but I am at a point in my life where I believe that everything happens for a reason. I believe this pandemic happened for a reason. It's unfortunate that so many people had to lose their lives and family members uh, for this. But I think there was a higher purpose for it. There was a a different reason, a better reason for why this is going on in the world. It's to open people up. There's a new moon, I believe, happening tonight that is a great time for manifestation. But um, in regards to chakras, um, I... Recently, I suffered from PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. I've had it since I was 17 years old. I'm now 29. So I've had it for about 12 years. And what polycystic ovarian syndrome is exactly what it sounds like. It's having cysts on your ovaries, uh, which can lead to things like weight gain, Um like hair in places on a woman that probably is not normal to see for example your chin your neck your stomach uh, and other places that you wouldn't normally see hair on a woman or expect to see hair on a woman and I've suffered from that for for 12 years now and this can also lead to infertility mind you I'm at a point in my life I've gone back and forth for many many years of whether or not I want to have kids um but I'm at the point now where I don't want to bear my own children if I'm going to be with somebody who wants kids um, and is willing to adopt or willing to foster then I'm down with that uh, but at this point in my life I do not want to have my own children I do not want to bear my own children in other words um, so if I end up with a man who wants to have kids like their own kids you know that conversation is going to have to be had that hey, I don't want them, you know, like I don't disrespect children, I love children, but I don't want to have my own, Um, but also if I end up with a woman who wants to have kids, obviously there's a, it's a little bit more understanding in a, like a female relationship, Um, but I would be okay, I would be down for if she wanted to carry the child, but I I don't, Um, but again, I've always wanted to foster, I've always wanted to adopt, so I think that might be my life path. If I am to have children, I'm meant to, you know, help the kids that don't have parents or don't have parents in their lives that need somebody. Um, but anyway, I was doing some, I've been doing positive affirmation, um, meditations. They're not really meditations, but I've been listening to positive affirmations while I sleep to rewire my brain. Um, into thinking positives instead of negatives, to kind of clear all the negative out of my life, retrain my brain from all the negative things that I've heard in my past, all the negative things that I've, you know, kind of, all the negative energy that kind of crosses me and wires my brain to think a certain way. Um, So I've been doing that, but I also decided today because I was told that your sacral chakra, which is found between your pelvic bone and your belly button, on your stomach um deals with creativity and and fertility issues and all this these things that i feel like i could use the help with so i decided to uh sleep today this morning i took like an hour nap um with a sacral chakra meditation music to open up your sacral chakra um while i sleep so i did that and while i was sleeping I had a nightmare, but I didn't realize that I was sleeping at this point. And usually, when I'm dreaming, my dreams are very vivid. Um, so I had two dreams. I can't recall the first one, but I recall the second one, and it had to do with my father, and him being home, and I he was walking down the stairs, going to the ba- towards the basement, but he looked weird. Like it looked like my father. But he looked off, like he had been drinking, or like he wasn't okay, or hurt in some way. So I was walking down the stairs and I noticed him, and he was kind of going slowly, kind of stumbling a little bit. And I asked him in the dream, um, "Are you? Were you drinking, or like, are you are you hurt? Are you okay?" And he says, "Oh no, no, no. My um, I don't know if he said my spine or my side is hurting, like his kidney area." And I was like, "Oh, okay." I'm like, "Are you sure?" And he's like, "Yeah." So he like stumbles downstairs, goes, you know, goes to the room and like lays down on the bed that's in the basement. It wasn't in the same position as it is in reality, which is why I also knew it was a dream. But he laid on the bed and I said to him, like I touched him and I said, you know, like it's very dangerous because he has diabetes and a lot of other issues. Um, I said to him, like while touching his side where he says it hurt, that it's very dangerous and that he should maybe go seek medical attention. Like it's not good to have that kind of pain, you know, like it can be something wrong with his kidney. It could be something wrong with his gallbladder. He's not young anymore either. So as soon as I said that in the dream, he lost his mind and he's like, Oh, please like, you know, forget it. You don't know anything. You're not a doctor. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm fine. And these emotions that it brought up in me and I was like do you think it's normal to feel pain because it's not but at this point in the dream I was already getting I can feel the anger rising in me and he's like oh you don't know anything and then he gets up and starts walking normally like nothing is wrong and I'm like what the hell I'm like do you think that it's normal to feel pain like to be not to feel pain because we all feel pain, but to be in pain to the extent where you're stumbling down the stairs because it's not normal. And he pretty much shooed me off and I ended up going to my room and just screaming at the top of my lungs like for some reason and I think this is where my consciousness started listening to the music in my head again so the music w- to open up my chakra was playing in the background so it seemed very loud and I was just I could see myself just screaming at the top of my lungs in so much angst and so much pain and so much anger that I'm still not being heard after 29 years I still can't get through to people and it was the most frustrating thing that I've ever felt and it wasn't a feeling that I've never felt in real life before. It's very real. It was a very real dream and when I got up I laid it like when I woke up came to myself I laid in bed and I looked out my bedroom window and my bedroom window is on the third floor Um, and I looked up and over my TV because my TV covers most of the window and I never looked at this before and I never realized it before. but my window you can see directly onto the building next to me I don't live in a building I live in a house but there's a three-story building next to me there were two birds sitting on top of the 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 roof in perfect vision like I can see them perfectly and they're just chirping and I can hear them and it looks to me like they're they're having a conversation. They're going back and forth, looking at each other, looking away. And I just laid there for a minute and I'm just staring because birds have a significance to me, birds and butterflies um, when it comes to my spiritual journey. And I realized that they were there and I'm like, okay. And they just stood there talking for a while. I'm like, that's so weird that I've never noticed that I can see that, that part of the building before. It never hit me. And then I went back into my dream and I'm like, I feel like, I felt like my chakra was opening a little bit, that emotional suppression. I don't think that the sacral chakra has a lot to do with emotions, but I don't know. So that's more research that I have to do, but that was bringing something to light. It was a meditation, right? So it was bringing that emotion to me, that anger, that suppression, that like You feel so helpless. I felt so helpless in that moment where I'm trying to help my father and he just shuts me down completely and says, you don't know what you're talking about. You're not a doctor. I'm fine. You're constantly saying these things. You're constantly trying to make something out of nothing. Like it was just all of these things that I swear to you, I heard so many times growing up. And I feel like that for that reason, for all those times that I went through that growing up, that is why I was such a match to my relationship, my first relationship, because he didn't listen either. Nothing I said was validated. When I would say something, prove it. Prove it. Go look it up. Prove it. And then when he would say something that I knew to be wrong, I would question him about it. He'd be like, yeah, prove that I'm wrong. Prove it. You don't know what you're talking about. And it was that same cycle. And because of that, when I got into my next relationship with with which holy, I can't speak, which was with a person who was amazing. Amazing. My last two relationships have been amazing. Any time that I felt like I wasn't being heard, I would lose my mind. I would get so upset, so angry. Like if I said something and I had an opinion about something and then he like went over my opinion and like made me feel less than, which wasn't his intention for sure, but that's what it triggered in me. And I would just get angry and pissed off at him. And in my head then I was like, I I can't be with this person. He was very unemotional person in regards to like expressing himself. And I thought it was him, but it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't fully me, but, like, I'm sure he had that, too, because I was a match to him for a reason. We mirrored that in each other. Where he he was much more unemotionally available on the surface than I was. But deep down, I'm emotionally available, unavailable, too. And I realized that a little bit after I broke up with him. Um, I didn't date for, I think, over a year after him. Um, seriously. Um, and, like, I dated people and then... A, Like last year, I started dating my boyfriend. So it was two years before I got into a very serious relationship. And within that time, I was like, I think I might have an emotional stunt, like an emotional barrier up. And I tried to heal some of it. And I think I healed some of it. But I think there's still residual things that I need to heal, residual traumas that I hadn't realized yet. So when I got into this next relationship, again, with the great guy, Again, I feel like he's emotionally unavailable. And when I decided to leave, I'm like, this isn't them. This is me. This is me hiding myself. This is me not knowing how to control my feelings. This is me living with these these traumas that have not been healed, that need to be healed, and it's time to heal them. So I set out on a journey to do that, and that's where I am in my life right now. Now we're going to go through. I have... Six ways that people (laughs) try to suppress their emotions Uh, and this was found. um, This came from a, I believe she's a life coach. Her name is Tori Gordon Um, and I found her on TikTok, I believe. And um, yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and speak to these. So the first one, first way that people suppress their emotions or these are signs that you're suppressing your emotion is distraction. We all know those people who are always super busy. I am one of those people. (laughs) I'm one of those people who like to keep myself busy at all times because it doesn't allow me to think about certain things. It doesn't allow me to live through emotions. Problem is, in this, I do get distracted negatively as well where, you know, I try to work through everything. Like, I try to overwork myself or I have to run errands or I'll, you know, make up errands to go do or... um. Constantly questioning, what is this person doing? What is this person doing? Why are they doing it this way? And like, just focusing on what somebody else is doing and not focusing on my, my issues, you know, over shopping, like, you know, spending money as a way, overeating, constant, like, social media, like, no matter what, you're always scrolling through something, trying to get yourself out of the real world. For me, another one is like playing video games or watching YouTube or, singing or sleeping like just doing that going over the top with that because I you know I don't want to deal with the emotional aspects that I still haven't brought up um another one is numbing this one has more to do with like overspending you know working out too much drinking too much eating too much binging on Netflix because we're not allowing ourselves to feel these things feel these emotions Another really strong thing that I started realizing specifically with Netflix is like in situations where I don't cry in real life if I see it on TV, if I see it on a Netflix show or a movie, I ball my fucking eyes out. And that shows me like not that I can't be empathetic to towards other people because that's okay. But I realized that I can be empathetic and, you know, sad for somebody else. But then when it comes to me, I numb it. I don't want to deal with it. I don't deal with it. I just kind of let it go, freak out in the moment and then let it go and let it go and let it go and and overeat. That's where my eating disorder comes from. Um, I've gone through times where i Online shopping was my vice like that was what I did when I wasn't happy or when I wanted to escape from the fact that I was in a lot of debt. Guess what? I created more Um, very similar to people who are addicted to alcohol or drugs. It numbs. It numbs their emotions. It numbs the feeling of being worthless and not good enough and not having anybody and not being loved and not loving and not being loved. And it numbs that. It makes you forget about that. But it's so counterproductive to numb. Like super counterproductive. Because what ends up happening is you perpetuate the problem. You perpetuate that emotion by hiding it. Because it's never going to go away. It's like when you have a headache and... Or like, sorry, not, maybe not a headache, but let's say, you know, you have surgery and the doctor gives you, I don't know, some sort of medication, pain reliever, to, you know, help with the pain. It's not taking the pain away, it's numbing the pain for a certain time, which is why you have to take these pills every four hours. Does it doesn't make the problem go away, it just subsides it for a while. Uh, The next one is being strong and I'm air quoting that. It's that constant, I need to push through this. I need to suck it up and be strong anytime any sort of emotional emotion comes up. Um, But it's really important that we allow ourselves to be vulnerable. Just yesterday, um, my dad, I don't know what he was watching on his phone. We were having dinner and we're sitting there. My dad likes to like sit at the table with his phone, even though as a child, we weren't allowed to do that. But I digress um, but he was sitting there on his phone watching some sort of video and he's eating and we're all just silent. He's just like watching and then I look over at him and you know when you can see that someone's about to cry like you can just see it like their eyes kind of get little and their face kind of scrunches up and you could tell that they're holding back tears and I stopped what I was doing and I looked at him and I said it's okay to cry just cry it's fine you can you're allowed. It doesn't make you weak. Cry. And he started sobbing. He started sobbing. And I I didn't understand what was going on in the video because I was too far away from the video to actually see what was going on. But little snippets of it. I think somebody mentioned like their daughter passing away or something. I think it was parents talking about like an experience with their child and losing their child, but I couldn't get all of it because first of all, it wasn't English. And second of all, it was far away. So I couldn't really see the context of it. I was just kind of listening to tidbits and he just started bawling. And I think that was so such a powerful moment because I very rarely have seen my parents cry in my life. Very, very rarely. And When we used to cry as kids, we were told to stop crying. We were literally, my mom, (laughs) I love her, but my mom, if we were crying in public, and I don't know, maybe she was embarrassed or whatever, she would tell us to stop crying. If we didn't stop crying, she would pinch us under the arm to stop crying. In what world (laughs) does inflicting pain on somebody, physical pain, shut off the crying? shut off the emotion, all it does is add tears because now you're hurt, add pain, make you feel like you're you're not allowed to cry, like it's a bad thing, and I, I get it, you feel embarrassed, but I mean, in that situation, remove yourself, take your child, get in the car, drive back home. I know it's frustrating, but let them be emotional or sit in the car until they stop crying let them cry say it's okay to cry it's okay to be upset but let's say they're crying because they wanted a candy and you or a toy that you either can't afford or you just you're not you don't want to buy it okay because you don't want to give in to every single thing that your child wants or anybody wants for that that matter you don't want to bring them up knowing that they can cry and get whatever they want so you, you put them in the car and you let them cry. You say, it's okay, but I'm sorry, mommy or daddy, we're, we're not going to get you that today. It's not going to happen. So I need you to stop crying, take your time, and then we're going to go back in the store and buy what we need to buy. You know, in those situations, you're validating that child, You're not angry at them for crying. You're not, you know, yelling at them or embarrassing them now because they're already probably embarrassed that they're crying. They're embarrassed that they're asking for something and not getting it. They're embarrassed that their mom or dad is pinching them under the arm to make them stop crying in public. They're embarrassed that people are watching them. They're just as embarrassed as the parents. But they don't know how to express their emotions. That's how they express So we have to validate and say, it's okay to cry. It's fine. Give them a hug and say, let's calm down. Let's calm down our bodies. And then we'll go back in. But this is the way it's going to go. We're going to go in, get this, this, and this. And then we're going to go back home. Okay. That's it. I mean, it's easier said than done, but, you know, allow your kids to see that it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay. But also let them feel safe when they're being vulnerable like giving them a hug, you know, so many traumas that I've had to go back and deal with now. Sorry, I'm eating almonds for those of you that are wondering. It's lunchtime. Um, But like validating that and letting them know like it's okay hugging them. There are so many things that I've traumas that I've had to bring up and work through that involved being turned away and shut down. You know, while I'm crying, while I'm clearly upset, where I hear so many times, I personally don't think that I've had this happen, but so many traumas of like kids, people go adults going back into their childhood traumas, and they can see themselves standing in the crib bawling their eyes out, and nobody's coming. That's real. I know that seems weird because they were children, they're babies, and you think that they don't know, but that's traumatic for, for a baby. That's traumatic for them to feel like so unsafe that they're standing there crying. You don't know why they're crying, but you're just not coming. Nobody's coming to their rescue. Nobody's coming to save them. Nobody's coming to validate them. That's a thing, okay? Just so you all know. The next one is giving yourself a pep talk. Oh, going back, actually, before we get into this one, I mentioned pushing through and sucking it up and being strong. You see this a lot um, when somebody passes away, okay? And it's a terrible thing, you know? I don't... Obviously, it happens to all of us. We all, at some point in our lives, are going to be close to somebody who passes. Um, But again, it's so important to... Grief it's so important to be sad it's so important to reminisce it's so important to go through those motions rather than suck it up don't cry we're fine and go to work the next day this is why there's bereavement but by by the way I really don't think that three days is enough for somebody to grieve you know a lot of companies I don't know of any companies that give you more time um I'm sure they can give you more time, but I just won't won't pay you past like a few days. But it's not enough time. I know, personally speaking, and I hope that I don't have to go through this for many, 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 many years to come. But if I, when I lose one of my parents, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. You know, there's no way that it's going to happen and I'm going to be like, I'm fine. I got to go to work. I'm fine, I gotta pay the bills. I I will I will lose myself. I I will, you know. Um, that's why it's so important for me to do my emotional work now and build myself up and do all my healing now. Because when it gets to a point like that, I wanna be able to grieve. I wanna be able to feel those emotions. I wanna be able to go through them at the time that I'm gonna go through them. And you never stop missing your parents. You know, even to this day, my mom will talk about her parents and start crying and she lost them very like fairly young. She lost her father 28 years ago because he passed away when I was one and she lost her mother many, many years earlier, you know, in her early 20s and or even younger than that, maybe 17 to 19. I'm not sure <coughs> the details of that, but she lost her mother younger uh, before. I believe before she got married and she still talks about them now and still cries in certain situations. I want to be able to do that without feeling stupid, you know, for crying about my parents or a family member that passes away. I always want to be able to be vulnerable and remember and talk about them and cry if I want to cry and not be like, oh, this. especially like, you know, choosing the person you want to spend the rest of your life with. I don't want to be with somebody who's emotionally unavailable. But if I'm emotionally unavailable, guess what? Chances are, so is that person. And that's the reason we're a match. And I don't want to be crying or, you know, sucking up tears for a situation like that. Like one of my parents passing away, knock on wood, you know, um, and have this person just look at me like I'm stupid. Either for crying or, you know, or normalizing the fact that I'm being strong and sucking it up and not crying about it like it's not how I want to live my life anyway going into the next one the next one is pep talks Uh, affirmations positive thinkings reminders now we know I just mentioned positive affirmations uh, or positive thinking before now there's a difference between um you know something bad happening let's say I don't know What's a good example of this? Somebody coming to you and like hurting your feelings and then you being like, yeah, I'm hurt, but it's sunny outside or yeah, I'm hurt, but I'm still alive. Like that it's great to think positive. And I am super 100% down for that positive affirmations all the way positive thinking all the way, especially at this point in my life. But it's very important to recognize the difference between being a positive person because you're trying to, re, you know, live a more positive life, more fulfilling life. Um, and somebody hurting you and you using a positive affirmation or a positive way to think, silver lining, if you will, to cover up the fact that they hurt you. If somebody hurts you, somebody makes you sad, let them know. As respectfully as possible, let them know. Don't hide it and be like, oh, well, they were probably having a bad day. That's Okay. It's fine. No, I'm sorry. You, you're, what you just said hurt my feelings. That bothered me. Can we talk about it? It's so important. And that right there is a, another way to keep your book in your hand. You're not, you know, somebody doesn't say something negative to you and you turn to them and go like, fuck you. You just handed them your book. But rather they say something negative to you. They hurt your feelings and you turn to them and say, wow, that really hurt me. What you just said really hurt me. Can we talk about it? Or what you just said really hurt me, I need a minute. Walk away, live through that emotion, ask yourself, why did it hurt you? Because so many times things hurt us because there's something unhealed within ourselves. Like if, I think I mentioned this, but maybe I haven't in one of my other podcast episodes, is that like, for example, in the past, if somebody were to say, you're so fat, Oh my God, would that hurt me? Mind you, it would still hurt me now, but it it doesn't so much hurt me than being like, wow, you're so fat, as it does piss me off. Like, it angers me. Like, who are you to tell me? I know. (laughs) Like, I see myself. I'm not stupid. But that doesn't make me less of a person because I have a little extra weight on my body. That doesn't make me less caring, less loving, less intelligent, less beautiful. It doesn't change anything. I'm still the person that I would be if I was skinnier you know what I mean? So it bothers me more. But like, for example, if somebody were to say that now, it doesn't hold the same meaning as it did at one point. Because I understand why it triggers me, you know, why it bothers me. I also understand, I was talking to my sister, uh, Kelly, recently about this, about how, you know, I've gone through my whole life with an eating disorder, and not knowing that it was an eating disorder not realizing it until this like this year that I've suffered with an eating disorder my entire life and um you know as much as I want to go to the gym and work out and get healthier I've done things in my life where I am healthier you know I've been a vegetarian for over a year and mind you you can be a vegetarian and not be healthy but like it still eat a lot of junk food because there's a lot of junk food for vegetarians too, like and vegans as well. You can be a junk food vegan or a junk food vegetarian, totally possible. But I think that I've done very good for myself, you know? Like eighty eighty plus percent of my diet of my you know food intake is vegetables and fruit. <laughs> um, you know, so yes. I want to eventually lose weight or feel more comfortable in my body or feel healthier, not healthier, but more. I want to be more active. and I know that with more activity comes, you know, more health and like, you know, I probably would lose some weight. But I like being out in nature. I like going for a walk. I like hiking. I like going for walks. I like going for walks in nature. I don't like just walking around the block a bajillion times. I want to go out like I want to go to Lake Shore. For those of you who live in Ontario, I want to go to Niagara Falls and walk around. I want to go hiking. I want to go see waterfalls in Hamilton. I, like I want to be in the outdoors hiking. And I know that with that, with that physical activity comes weight loss, you know, but again, I have PCOS on my side, making it that much more difficult for me to do that. Okay. Which is why I want to heal my, or unblock my chakra, my sacral chakra, so that I can work on healing that aspect of me so that I can move on with my life. Anyway. Yeah. So affirmation, it's like bypassing a negative experience. You, pot, you pep talk yourself, bypass a negative experience. So rather than feeling that emotion, you like cover it up with something else. Cover it up with a positive way of thinking. You know, I don't know. Let's say you get a flat tire and it bothers, it upsets you, or it worries you, or it makes you sad that, or scares you that you know you're driving on a highway and your tire popped and you almost died, and rather than like. Oh, you know. I'm scared right now. You you hide it with like, well, at least it was only one tire, and not four. Yes, that's positive. That's great. But that doesn't that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be you know, like bothered by like shit. Like now I have to buy a tire. Now my day's a little bit more backtracked because now I have to go bring my car to mechanic and get that fixed. Not that that's really. What I, what, you know, um, it can cause an emotion, but it's more with like, it's, that's just an example to show you how like you would cover that up or hide that emotion. Like you might be upset or pissed off or like now you don't have money to buy groceries because now you have to buy a fucking tire for your car. But rather than, you know, living through that emotion, you're just like, oh, well, you know, I, I, I ate yesterday, so it's okay. I'll be fine for a week. Like, come on. It's okay to like live in that. Uh, The next one, and I should speed this up because I have 16 minutes, is uh, the next best thing. So one of the examples that Tori used was a breakup. So a lot of times, and I've mentioned this in one of my podcasts as well, where like I don't understand people that jump from one relationship to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next, especially when they, every relationship that they're in, they're so in love. And I've seen this so many times and It really bothers me and it's not my thing to be bothered um, but it hurts me because for example in one of my past relationships right after we dated they went and looked you know they I was the one for them I was the person that they were going to marry I was the, the that person for them I was their everything and then as soon as it ended they started looking for other people to see if that's what they wanted. That's the next best thing that's emotional suppression. Because rather than going through, oh my God, I'm hurt, I'm broken, somebody just broke up with me who I loved, who I want to spend my life with, instead of living through those emotions and going through them and healing yourself from them, you're like, I'm just going to date somebody else. Who's next? Somebody's going to be better. I guess if she's not the one for me, somebody else will be the one for me. And while that is true, you don't go into a, a relationship broken, For what? Maybe that's why the relationship didn't work out in the beginning because you went into it unhealed from your past relationships because you jump and you jump and you jump and you jump until, you know, the universe smacks you in the face and says, can you just fucking listen and heal your shit and take some time to be within yourself and to learn about yourself and to heal from that relationship, heal from that heartbreak instead of pretending like it didn't exist and trying to fill that void with somebody else. Okay. That was the biggest thing with a career. Same thing. Like when I left my first childcare center, I was there for two years. I had gained a really gained, I had created very good relationships with the parents and with the kids. And then I was told that they were not going to renew my contract. Okay. And, um, I was so hurt (laughs) because I really loved those kids. It wasn't because of the job it was because of the kids, because I had it had taken me a long time, because it was at school ageers. So when school ageers are rebellious, any new person they're going to test you, and I was tested for a long time before I gained those kids trust, and gained that those kids love. Okay, and then to be told that I had to go like so many times. The fact of the matter is, in this day and age, like we need to work. We need to work to survive. Right? <coughs> Excuse me. So right away, I was like, okay, well, I have to look for another job. What's the next best thing? Like, you're just hopping. You don't give yourself time to heal from it. You just hop, right? (coughs) That ended up happening again at my next job. After a year, they actually shut down. And again, we have to say goodbye to everybody and say goodbye to our friends that we've made and parents that we've, you know, created relationships with and the kids that we've created relationships for or with, (laughs) And, um, again, it was so hard. And the first time I realized I hopped from one job to the next within five days, I was at another job. I already had the job lined up, but I started on a specific day and then I was there for a year and then they shut down and I was like, I need a break from childcare. I need a break from this because in the, just in one year from August to August, I lost two jobs. I left behind Hundreds of kids that I didn't want to leave behind. And it was so difficult for me so difficult for me. And I had to step back and I had to heal from that. And I ended up going to another job that wasn't childcare. It was still with kids, but I wasn't their teacher. I was like the marketing and salesperson, um, like the front at the front desk. So I would talk to everybody interact with everybody and create relationships, but it wasn't the same. There was no emotional connection there because I wasn't teaching them. I wasn't spending my days with them. It was just a job. Um, but I took time. I healed from myself, went back to childcare And guess what? I think it happened again. But we're not going to get into that. Um, But again, now I'm taking time for me and I'm figuring out myself and I'm starting a business again and I'm manifesting positivity and I'm manifesting abundance and it's going to come, you know, I, I don't need to dwell. I can heal from it. I don't need to dwell on it. And then I can move on, but I'm allowing myself to feel that pain and allowing myself to feel that frustration, that anger, and I will move on when I'm ready to move on. The last one, and I have 11 minutes to do this, is spiritual bypassing. Oh, this is almost the same thing as like the the pep talk that I mentioned, the silver lining, finding a silver lining. Everything. I do believe that everything happens for a reason. But again, there's a fine line between like, you know, it's that same idea. Like, for example, the career, my job at the first daycare when they didn't renew my contract. I'm like, okay, well, I find another job, found another job. And I'm like, when one door closes, another one opens. You know, another path opens. There's always something coming. um, And everything happens for a reason. But it's the same thing with the, you know, the tire. Like, my tire popped and shit, I don't have money to buy groceries this week now because I had to buy a tire. But at least I didn't die. While that is a positive thing, like, you know, your life is more important. But now you have to suffer for the next two weeks until you get paid. Right? Right? so it's that you 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 you're not wrong to do it but it's like you're kind of bypassing what just happened to you by saying yeah it's okay like this is why it happened it's fine well we're gonna be fine and yeah you are gonna be fine but people use it subconsciously as a way to like not feel the emotion of what's happening so many times I've been you know in situations where like Somebody puts me in a bad position and I'm like, without me knowing, like, I don't want to get into too much detail, but people will say something to me or do something to me. And then I'll find out and I'll be hurt by it. But I'll just be like, well, you know, this is why they probably did it. They're probably, you know, not having a good day, but that's okay. You know, I'm fine. They're fine. I'm still alive. No, they hurt you deal with that emotion. Allow yourself to work through it. You don't need to like have a bitch fit, but go through it. Be like this really freaking hurt. I trusted this person and they hurt me. They betrayed me. You have to be angry at them and, and hold a grudge for the rest of your life, but at least allow yourself to go through that rather than, You know, well, you know, nobody died in this situation. I didn't, you know, I almost lost my job because they almost cost me my job, but at the end of the day, I didn't lose my job, right? No, no, no. That is spiritual bypassing. You're, You're finding the silver lining and everything. Yeah, you know, she almost cost me my job, but I didn't lose it, so it's fine. It's okay, it's a silver lining, right? No, you need... To feel your pain, you need to feel your emotions because all it does, avoiding your pain only prolongs it. And on that note, I'm going to end this. I think I went through what I had to go through. I'm still on my spiritual journey of healing. I'm still trying to figure out my life right now. I'm getting more and more into tarot and spirituality and healing and all that stuff. And I know a lot of people don't believe in that, a lot of people don't agree with that, but this is my journey, this is my life. Um and this is where I decide to be right now and yeah so thank you guys once again for uh tuning in and I will see you next time bye